What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CPA Zone, the podcast where we discuss tax strategies and accounting tips for entrepreneurs and real estate investors. My name is Ryan Pulis, and our company, The Pulis Group, offers tax planning and advisory services for entrepreneurs like you. Whether it's bookkeeping, tax planning, or CFO services that you're looking for, we've got you covered. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the CPA Zone, brought to you by the Pulis Group. Today, we're going to talk about some year-end planning opportunities. Whether you have an operating business, invest in real estate, or perhaps you're just a high-income W-2 earner. We're going to touch on a few items that you can do before the end of the year to help reduce or minimize your taxes. Uh, You have to excuse me, my voice is a little off. I got a touch of a cold, so I'm just getting getting over a bit of a cold here and still a little under the weather. So hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. So let's start with year-end strategies for operating businesses. So this is airing in December 2023, so we're quickly approaching the end of the year. And for tax planning purposes, once you get to past December 31st of the year, most of your opportunity goes out the window. There's a few things you can do after the first of the year before you file your taxes, but your options are pretty limited. So now we're going to focus on some of those year-end items that can help you reduce your taxes and just get you ready so you're not scrambling, getting down to the wire to file your taxes. So first, if you have an operating business, one of the first things you need to do is get your bookkeeping up to date if it's not already done. Hopefully, if you're running an operating business, you're handling your bookkeeping each day and reconciling everything each month. But if you're not, maybe it's a side hustle, you're just getting started out. Or you, if you're investing in real estate and you only have a property or two, maybe you put off the bookkeeping towards close to the end of the year and you're not doing it all the time. You want to get it done before the end of the year because you want to have some idea of what the numbers look like. You know, just basing it on your bank account is not going to be helpful. So get your bookkeeping up to date. That applies to operating businesses and to real estate investors. Another good idea for both operating businesses and real estate investors, and for anyone really, W-2 earners as well, run a tax projection with your accountant or CPA. Might cost a couple hundred bucks, but do a projection, see where things are going to land. That way there's no surprises at the end of the year. You know, maybe if your W-2 and other income is pretty consistent and you have basically the same amount due or refund every year, you might not may not make sense to spend the money on a projection, but if you're running a business, you're investing in real estate, or you've had any out of the ordinary changes during the year, definitely helps to run that projection and eliminate any surprises. Also for businesses and real estate investors, does it make sense to accelerate purchases into December? Anything that you need, we're talking about necessary expenses here, not buying things you don't need. You don't want to go out and buy a new vehicle just for a tax write-off. Make sure you actually need it. But other things that you know you're going to incur, for example, maybe you can prepay a few months of rent. If you know it's going to be a big year income-wise, you can accelerate some expenses into the current year. Now, this only works for cash basis taxpayers, but most taxpayers file on a tax basis. Large companies have to file accrual, and a handful of others, there's exceptions that require an accrual-based filing, but most taxpayers file on a tax basis, so this is going to work for you. You can accelerate the expenses into the current tax year and prepay them. Maybe you need new equipment. For example, computers for your staff. Now might be a good time to buy it. Buy it before the end of the year. Don't go buy a new computer you don't need, though. We want to make sure you're only spending money on things you actually need. Another way to help minimize taxes for cash basis taxpayers, 
slow down or stop billing your clients as you approach year end. Now, if you have trouble collecting from clients, if, if collections are an issue, you don't want to take this approach. You better best to keep your billing consistent and current. However, if your clients pay on time and quickly, maybe it makes sense to delay some of that billing into next year so you don't have additional income trickle in at the end of the year you weren't expecting. Another idea for your operating business, maybe this is the year you make the S election. If you've been talking about filing uh, an S election, you can make a late election this year or you know, discuss with your accountant. Maybe it makes sense to be, make the S election now for January 1st of next year. It's going to depend on your, your own situation, but you know, now's a good time to consider and start planning to see whether or not that S election makes sense for your business. They have, and just as a reminder, the filing, electing to be taxed as an S corporation helps you save money in self-employment taxes. So rather than be having self-employment taxes assessed on all of the profits, like it would with a Schedule C sole proprietorship, single member LLC, or even partnership, partners in a partnership, the S election, you pay yourself a reasonable salary. That's subject to the self-employment taxes or payroll taxes, your Social Security and Medicare where the profits of the S corporation are not subject to the Medicare and Social Security taxes, only ordinary income taxes. Now, specifically for those involved in real estate, you want to have, if you're, if you're claiming real estate professional status, you want to make sure your time logs are in place. Have a log for your real estate professional hours, the 750 hours. So remember, real estate professional status, you must show 750 hours in real estate professional trades or businesses and more than 50% of your time in real estate property trades or businesses. That gets you out of the default passive bucket. So you want to have a log for those hours. You also need to show material participation in your rentals if you plan to deduct, if you plan to deduct your rental losses as a real estate professional. So you need to show those material participation hours. If you're going to, if you're claiming your material participations based on 100 hours and more than anyone else or 500 hours during the year, have a log, real estate professional hours and your material participation hours. You should have a log for each. Maybe it's a good time to start a 1031 exchange if you're planning on offloading a property. Or if you don't feel like going through the process of a 1031, you can do what's called a lazy 1031. So this could this means, I, I see there's two versions. You can review your form 8582 and see what your suspended passive losses look like if you have enough to absorb any gains you uh, incur from selling the property. That's one way to do it. Or you sell a property and then you buy a new property, run a cost sake, take bonus depreciation, and use those losses to offset the gains, which are also passive from the sale of the property. So if you've sold a property this year, maybe you entered into a 1031 for some reason, didn't complete it. Now might be the time to buy a new property, place it in service before the end of the year, and run a cost segregation study. So if you place a, a property in service this year, you can run a cost seg study, still take advantage of the 80% bonus depreciation, which is dropping to 60% on January 1st. Now just know your cost seg does not need to be done by December 31st. However, if you're planning to file on time, if you want to file by April 15th, it's not a bad idea to get that started sooner than later. You don't want to go into your CPA and hand them a cost seg study in the middle of March where they have to put together your depreciation schedule. Probably going to put you on extension. Now, extensions are great, especially if you're doing planning or you're running a tax projection at the end of the year. Much better for you, much better for your accountant. I can tell you that from experience. However, a lot of people prefer to file on time. If so, just have your cost seg done early. Send it to your CPA when it's done. If you get it done in January, Send it to them then so they have time to build out the depreciation schedule and they're not rushed in March or April, which just increases the likelihood of potential errors or 
you know, they may be rushed and just flat out tell you you're filing an extension. If you're going to file with us, you're going on extension. Make it makes everyone's life easier if you have your ducks in a row earlier rather than later. Now, for any of the any real estate investors that are taking advantage of the short term rental loophole, if you want to call it a loophole, it's technically following the rules. So the short term rental placed in service this year, make sure you have at least two customer stays. So you can show that you had an average customer stay of seven days or less. That's the definition of short-term rental for tax purposes. Make sure you have at least two customer stays to show that. For those of you high-income earners on a W-2, you are more limited than those with operating businesses or real estate investments, but that doesn't mean there's no tax planning strategies for you. First and foremost, you want to make sure you're maxing out any employer-provided retirement plans and fringe benefits that are available to you through your employer. You don't want to leave money on the table there. And if there's a fringe benefit that you don't need or you're not going to use, obviously skip that. But if they offer, if you're offered dependent care and your, your kid is in daycare, make sure you take advantage of it. Same with an FSA. If you're spending money that could be used, uh, tax could be available to you tax-free through an FSA, make sure you sign up for your employer's FSA and contribute the funds. They're not huge amounts, but every little bit helps, especially when you are limited in uh, your ability to take advantage of tax planning opportunities. Another idea for high W-2 or any W-2 earners would be stockless harvesting. And technically anyone could do this. Stockless harvesting is when you have stocks that are in a loss position. Maybe you sell them this year, take advantage of those losses to offset gains, other capital gains you have from other investments. You know, this, this works for anyone with cap, potential capital gains out there. And this is not investment advice. I'm not telling you to go everything that's, go sell everything that's in a loss position. If you're working with a financial advisor, make sure you talk to them. But, you know, there's an option out there. It's called stock loss harvesting. You lock in the losses this year and use them to offset other gains. But just know capital losses are limited to $3,000. So they can offset all of your other capital gains. But when lo- capital losses exceed capital gains for the year, you're limited to 3000 The excess would be carried over. So you want to you know, plan accordingly. Another idea for W-2 earners, and, and again, anyone, this, not, this isn't limited to W-2 earners. It's just there's a lot less W-2 earners have. So I'm kind of putting these out, ideas out there for them, but anyone can use them. One is donate appreciated stock. So let's say you bought Apple stock several years ago. You, you invested $1,000 in Apple stock. And now it's worth $5,000 you have a $4,000 capital gain. So you could sell that stock, pay taxes on the $4,000 of appreciation capital gains tax, assuming you owned it for more than a year, but you're going to pay taxes on that. And then you could contribute the remaining after tax cash as a charitable donation. But rather than do that, donate the stock itself. So if you donate that Apple stock you have that's valued at $5,000, you get a $5,000 deduction and you don't pay tax on any of the gains. So you invested $1,000 way back when, now it's worth 5000 You donate the stock instead of cash, and the donated stock is allowed as a deduction at the fair market value, so $5,000 in this example. Another way to strategically donate to charities is by using something called a donor-advised fund. So this is, think of it like a brokerage account uh, that you set up. You put money into this fund. It's going to be administered by a third party like a Charles Schwab, and you take a charitable donation for the amount that you contribute to this fund. However, that fund can be used to spread those donations out over a number of years. So let's say 
hypothetically, let's say you donate $10,000 a year to your favorite charity. Well, what you could do, maybe you have a really good year this year for some reason, and you want to increase your donations, you can contribute $100,000 to this fund in the current year, take a $100,000 deduction, charitable donation deduction, and then that fund can spread the donations out. Let's say you wanted to continue doing $10,000 a year over the next 10 years. Well, the fund can do exactly that. So the charity is going to receive their $10,000 a year, but you essentially are front-loading it, putting it into this donor-advised fund. They'll invest it and make their donations each year, and you receive a current year deduction for the full amount that you contribute. So it's another way to give charitably in a, a strategic tax, tax fashion. So other things you can do, again, for anyone, you plan and time the purchase and sale of real estate investments or other investments to optimize outcomes. For tax purposes, discuss with your CPA. Does it make sense to buy a new property this year or should you hold off and do it next year? You're looking to sell a property. Do you want to sell it this year and hope to get it under contract? Getting down to the wire, maybe it's going to make sense to do sell the property next year. That'll give you more time to buy a new property, place it in the service, run a cost egg, or to set up and complete a 1031 exchange. So just having those discussions Maybe you do this in, uh, at the same time when, when you have your tax projection run. That's the perfect time to start having these conversations. But just sit down and, and discuss your plans with your CPA and how to optimize them for tax purposes. And also, if you're a high W-2 earner, I hear this all the time, you make too much money to take advantage of investing in real estate, which to me is ridiculous. It doesn't matter if you are making a million dollars a year as a doctor you can still invest in real estate and see some tax benefits. And you do this by your real estate investments are going to have positive cash flow, but you're reporting and paying, you're, you're reporting a loss, but you're paying no taxes. So sure, are your losses suspended? Okay, yes, you can't, you're not going to qualify as a real estate professional if you're working as a you know, full-time W-2 job or you're, you're a doctor or you're in some other profession. However, Paying a 0% tax rate on positive cash flowing real estate is helping your ROI. And if, when you have losses that are suspended, it's not like they go away. They're not gone forever. Eventually, those losses are used. Whether you sell a property and you have gains, that frees up those losses at some point down the road. Maybe your portfolio, portfolio is doing really, really well. Everything's fully depreciated. And now you, report, you have passive income that's coming into play. And those suspended losses are going to shelter it from taxes until they're completely used up. So you still want to maximize your deductions, even if you can't currently deduct losses because they will benefit you down the road. So that about does it. I hope this was helpful. Again, I just want to get this out before the end of the year, give you some ideas of things you can do to help reduce your tax burden before the end of the year. So as always, if you found value in this episode, please leave a five-star review or hit the like and subscribe button. And until next time, have a great day. So that about does it for this episode of the CPA Zone. Thanks for listening, and I hope you found something valuable that you can take away. We are taking on new clients, and if you'd like to work with us, then go to our website and fill out the client intake form on our contact page. This can be found at thepulisgroup.com forward slash contact. That's T-H-E-P-U-L-I-C-E-G-R-O-U-P dot com forward slash contact.